Rishav, it's so great to you know talk to you finally that you're up for a podcast. We've been talking for it for like I don't know months, I guess. Ever since I started. Yeah, it's been months. I remember hearing your first podcast and like the episode and just going, "Whoa! I need to be part of this. I need to be part of the thing." For sure. <laughs> and and finally. finally, okay, yeah, finally. So, okay, for the ones who don't, I think Rishab, you need to introduce yourself so that people know what kind of badass you are. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rishab. Uh, uh, I am, let's just say, the typical uh, Indian engineer, but the catch that is i am a science fiction writer who tries to embed a lot of different genres together into you know write something that makes people feel more at home as in i've i've, I've been trying to put together political and thriller genres together and mix a bit of sci-fi with it just so people can understand you know like they can relate with it so mm-hmm. that's that that's like that's I think that's the part we're talking about today the science fiction yes, bit that, otherwise that's right. I am, that, I'm a mm-hmm. yeah otherwise you, I You also please uh, make drums for the ones who don't know so yeah <laughs> <laughs> We can have a separate part, separate episode for that we, like yeah, a whole different we, thing <laughs> We need to have a separate episode for that but today we're going to talk about science fiction something that we both science love fiction. So yeah Bishop uh I think you've written a lot of work of, about science fiction. So talk about that. I mean, I want to know more about that. And I think everybody else does too. So, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know uh, that. Yeah. Hmm. So as a kid, I remember watching all these TV shows. Uh, if anybody remembers from that back, I think everybody, uh, everybody remembers the Transformers that used to yeah. air, the animated yeah. version. Hmm. And I used to be fascinated by it. Uh, honestly like i used to love how you know robots could just be a separate species and then they yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and they had like their whole lore with planets and all and I used to love the mm-hmm. whole feel of it that's that was my <laughs> first encounter with science fiction mm-hmm. and then it just it just exponentially grew as i kept watching other things so i went through star wars i went through star trek the usual mm-hmm. and then i went to genres which are more obscure when you look at it like so i've i've been watching anime as well and you you can kind of see a lot of science fiction aspects in anime where right. it is blended so well that you mm-hmm. can't exactly call it a science fiction anime because it's it's just it's just there and everybody mm-hmm. is uh, so ingrained in it so for example if anybody's seen an anime called sword art online it's about this uh, uh a future where you know you can have VR or virtual reality, which is so good okay, that your entire mm-hmm. brain gets immersed into it, and it mm-hmm. does a whole whole show, a few seasons about it. Which like all of these different media, me like all these uh, different things kept inspiring me on and on. Mm-hmm. So after mm-hmm. that, the first time I remember writing something is back in ninth grade, I believe. It's been how many years? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, been it's been a long time. So yeah. Right mm-hmm. towards millennials and Gen Z. So mm-hmm. the first time I remember writing was completely about this. Uh, so my the way I write, I don't usually keep humans at the center of the plot. So mm-hmm. they are more of they are more of they more ha- have a supporting role. Like everybody who I've known usually keeps humanity as their you know 
the as a main central, yeah. yeah central mm-hmm. piece of the plot but for me yeah. it's it's more it's more of a you know we are nothing but a pawn in a on a chessboard and yeah you know, there us there might be other species who might just be so much more advanced than us and that yes. you know you could we just not compare with them how can we be the center of the universe like the universe exactly. 14 billion years old we're barely a million years old so that's such <laughs> a so my yeah, first so about, yeah hmm yeah so the so my first work is about uh this one species that is able to you know harness it's it's very uh, raw cuz i was a kid back then i didn't understand <laughs> yeah so it deals with how this one species has the ability to mm-hmm. manipulate uh, quantum fields from a distance okay. just that's with their cool. <laughs> that's super cool that, wow that that sounds cool yeah. that sounds cool on paper and the way i portray is is there this, this species has a variety of different abilities that they can you know possess some can manipulate fire some can manipulate water some can manipulate gravity there's like a whole whole thing with it So that's how I started into it and the the book it was it was pen a pen and paper book like I started out off writing with a pen and that's oh. considering my ineligible writing it's just <laughs> it's pathetic yeah. but that's no, how but, I yeah no I get it I <laughs> because science fiction there's no limit to what you can imagine and what you can put into words because I think it's the human curiosity that led us to into believing that okay this can happen and then we you know made all the possibilities into a movie we made it into other mediums because that represents what he, there's no limit to what a human can think what a human can actually you know formulate in their heads so yeah science fiction is that and I think this is amazing what you wrote please please send me the link if you can <laughs> that'd be amazing yeah, I want to yeah, read it definitely the link the link will be up uh I'll send it to you for sure for anybody else who wants to check it out as well. Yeah. And the part about uh, science fiction inspiring people, it's it's actually mm-hmm. a two-way street considering how science in our current world inspires science fiction and yes. science fiction itself inspires future technology. Yes. So Exactly. Yeah. Again. A few years mm-hmm. back when the space race was about to begin and mm. the soviets and the us they were they were at each other's throats right back <laughs> then there there used to be this whole whole plethora of books that just wrote about how humans would go to other planets and see yes. different things and yeah. that somehow gave rise to the concept that yeah i mean the the governments themselves started thinking yeah we need to invest into this we need to see what's exactly. out there yes and that's how that's how both of these things kept uh, in inspiring each other and kept the whole space that is going until 1991 yeah so I that's think, super- yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah so that's one of the major things that i feel is good about science fiction because hmm. it it it's been it's not a one it's a, it's not a single-handed process where you know yes, if you exactly. look at other genres if you look at some uh, genre some thriller or a horror it's just you reading it's not about it, you read it once you get about know about the story and that's it like you appreciate it but then it when you read it's an inspiration yeah yeah 
So when you read science fiction, you see so many different things that can happen, and you just start thinking like, okay, so this led to this, and you know what else could be there. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the major reasons I I personally went to science as uh, mm-hmm. uh, I took up science as a kid because it just mm-hmm. the possibilities were just endless at that point. I was mesmerized by how many fields, how many things you could do, even a even a minor field, even just a sub topic in a mm-hmm. textbook could lead to things like you know genetically enhanced humans and exactly uh, yes. Any, anything that you can think of and you can't think of because there's so many things that you can't imagine but they just happen to be. So that's mm-hmm. the core behind why I think science fiction is inspiring and why I think mm-hmm. everybody should read it because it's it gives you such a good perspective on things. Exactly. And it just, you know, kind of makes, your, makes you think about what could happen and what couldn't happen, I think. There's so many movies which are like cult movies and there's every note that should watch the movies. For example, I don't know, Star Trek, Star Wars. And it gave gave Hi. us an idea of like how I personally, I don't know, I'll get a lot of shit for this, but I haven't watched like um, Star Wars and Star Trek. Although, although uh, I need to, I need to, I know that bad. I didn't really, you know, think that I should. But considering how much of an impact it has had on the film industry, on science as a whole, I think it's one of the very, it's a symbol of science fiction or and a symbol for geeks, basically. I don't know if I'm putting it right, but yeah. Yeah, yeah you're definitely right about that. In fact, there's this yeah. one, uh, one story that comes up to me in my head when with Star Wars. So this is one concept that, so imagine this Star Wars, started about in 1960s, 70s, that era, right? And mm-hmm. that was the height of the Cold War. And yes. so so the U.S., it's a, it's, a, it's a little historical. I hope people understand it. But so the U.S. <laughs> back then, they wanted to safeguard themselves from Soviet missiles. That was, mm-hmm. that, that's the problem statement. Yeah. And Star Wars, the concept itself, employed this whole strategy of using lasers and satellites to kind of, you know, knock them off their path yeah. and destroy them midair. Mm-hmm. So that concept, that concept actually intrigued the Defense Department of the U.S. so much that they invested, and I quote, two billion plus dollars into the whole project of developing wow. a system, a system that could actually knock off missiles midair. And it was aptly named Star Wars by the Defense Department itself. So, That's crazy. You, I mean... I mean, somebody in their backyard just thinking about things, you know, the butterfly effect, they just think about something and on the grand scale, something on the other end changes so much. Yes, exactly. I mean, this was the figment of somebody's imagination and it took off and it did so much. I mean, it it inadvertently had an effect on the wars, right? So imagination yeah. can take you to places uh, that is, that is a, like, you don't even have to say that. It, it just does. And exactly. That's... Yeah. And science fiction has had such an impact on people. And yeah, I think everybody has a favorite. I don't know everybody, but I think most of the people who enjoy, who like genuinely enjoy, have a favorite movie that they, you know, swear by. And, you know, something that made them go like, okay, what if this actually happens? For me, it was Independence Day. Like, it was 
it's an old movie cool. compared to <laughs> compared to my age as an i don't know for me i think the movies that hold more um, more of a significance are interstellar you're like yeah duh so <laughs> but yeah independence day had such a huge impact in my life i was like okay so this is what humans can do and we aren't the only ones out there and this is actually true i don't like the i don't remember the paradox which you know forbids interstellar life to try, uh, you know interact with each other i don't remember it quite well. do you the fermi fermi paradox fermi paradox so. yes exactly that yeah so civilizations could actually destroy each other before meeting or interacting yeah yes. but that's there, there are a couple of reasons for the fermi yeah. paradox actually yeah that's besides that but you know the fact that there's not only us and science fiction portrays aliens in a very <laughs> there's a very um, i don't know a stereotyped way of what aliens are portrayed as but it gives us an idea of how we aren't the only ones out there out there so it also had a huge effect i don't know hollywood has a very um, i don't know a narrow way of portraying aliens as you know ones having you know huge swollen heads huge eyes black eyes green colored mostly the martians they usually oh, yeah. have a very yeah so that but i uh, yeah the portrayal of aliens on portrayal of how we aren't the only ones out there you know it speaks volumes of what science fiction you know teaches us or ingrains in us so, yeah that's well, that's another story as in hello yeah so uh, <laughs> the the whole the whole bobblehead martian yeah. concept that gave that gave birth to let me tell you that gave birth to area 51 and the whole yes. raid that just happened i cannot stress <laughs> enough how funny that was as an international <laughs> event a group a bunch of people doing naruto runs at area 51 <laughs> that is precisely the humorous part of science fiction that i love i honestly lost my shit when i saw the video i mean <laughs> humans are crazy like they are totally unpredictable i mean i don't know coming off as a bit i don't know going off the topic but considering how we aren't ready to invest our time in climate change but we are ready to invest our time into saving aliens i quote saving yeah. aliens <laughs> <laughs> i mean area 51 is clearly a government area and you could be shot dead you know trying to trespass but these people well they want to save the aliens so <laughs> anything anything to make that possible i mean it was a lot inspired from yeah. all across the genre right so yeah you exactly can't, can't exactly <laughs> say it just inspires the good stuff it can also inspire the funny slash bad stuff yes but yeah you were right when you said alien portrayals in science fiction have been very stereotypical about you know martians and bobbleheads and all so yeah. in this regard there's this one movie that came out fairly recent not recently i'd say it 2016 release and i think a lot of people would have watched it it's called arrival and ah, that i love that movie yes mm-hmm. it is such a beautiful portrayal of how first contact between humans and an alien species would work and mm-hmm. it gives you an insight into like so a lot of times when i watch these movies i see humans just simply walking up and saying stuff in english and getting a response back in english and i really thought a species that came from let that travel light years mm-hmm. chose to 
plan into a place that spoke english and they knew english i mean that is so absurd that isn't scientifically correct you know yeah and rival made sure that it portrays how the communication occurs in a way that it takes a while for the scientists to understand what the alien want to talk about and yeah, uh, yeah it gave a very na- it had a really good actually it was more based on the lead actors but it also had a message on how uh you know species from like a species which is basically light years ahead like away from you base i'm sorry it asks for help it it yeah it does ask for help right yeah because it yeah. needs help from you later and the fact mm. that yeah that might happen so it was and i think movies like this are very psychologically it makes you think and for me the first time i watched arrival i was like stunned i couldn't talk anything i couldn't basically i was just okay so this happened and it makes you think you know the other movies are basically like okay aliens can talk as well and they can miraculously talk in english so it's like okay this is happening but movies like arrival have you i'm not sure but have you seen annihilation is basically yes, the same yes i have i have yeah. i have yeah It so is that is a visual yeah. spectacle i must say annihilation yes. is uh it's on netflix i believe if anybody wants to watch it it's not it's not something a lot of people would have watched but annihilation as a movie has such beautiful visuals for a science fiction movie that you you just you just mesmerized and sort of in an awe when you're watching the whole thing mm. and uh i be, annihilation so yeah the visuals uh i think the story i read the books as well so the books they basically you know just grab you by the throat and you know just they just make you the book is like really it just makes you want to sit down and finish it all in one reading it's so deeply put and the things are so scientifically accurate uh and uh, the fact that i think the story is a bit altered from what the movie portrays because obviously the movie has to be finished in like 2 hours or what but for anybody who wants to read books and you know the some books that basically make you want to you know forget the world makes you forget the surrounding where you in the books do that and uh, you know the impact that they have they make you want to sit down and think about what you just read what you just saw and that is what the books did i think you should go have a go at them too they're amazing and i, I, mean, I definitely will i definitely will considering i write myself i this is inspiration for me and i would <laughs> i would go less and beyond just to have that same impact with my own writing so yeah going through this and, and Rishab, i think we forgot to talk about the most you know the thing that is basically right in front of us black mirror black mirror oh, yeah. is- science fiction at the best it makes you think so much <laughs> i basically get hooked to them hooked to them i'm like okay <laughs> they're amazing oh yes oh yes black mirror is basically science staring right at, science fiction staring right at you it's yes it's, it's got it's got these peculiar topics that are that you know you can actually if you do look out you can see them in the real world like yes, this is one episode on uh, human ratings and how uh, people are rated based on their behavior and i yes, think that's one of the most famous episodes it it actually you could relate to them because you know the psychological stress that you go under to make people to be a people pleaser 
and the fact that in the episode your ratings determine how your social status you know changes and how far the lead actress goes to make sure that you know uh, her ratings get better but in the end she just goes to jail but it shows yeah. how much humans use social media they want the approval of people and it it felt right in the feels because this this happens not as uh you cannot see it on the front but it actually happens so your social oh, no, media there basically is, there's a very clear example of it in the real world if you would only look at your own uber rating and how everybody is so and i've i've heard a lot of people who are actually concerned about their uber ratings i'm even joking right now oh, and that that is such a reminder of the fact that you know black mirror isn't exactly science fiction because it's very close it's 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 over the tipping point where it could just become that you know it, yes, people it could just, literally start yeah. rating themselves mhm yeah it i think it just makes you you know these are this is one of the few things that makes you think because um i don't remember the episode's name there's a man who has you know there's these people who have to exercise in order to gain points and yes, uh, yeah that one just shook me mentally and <laughs> i was like i watched it i don't know in the night and i couldn't sleep the entire night i was like okay what did i just watch that was perfect Uh, reaction oh. to black mirror trust me that's that's basically me after every black mirror episode where i'm like okay this is <laughs> you, very close this is scary yeah because it you take some while you know to order in order to take it all in and process it because it's honestly scary and because this is genius actually if we talk about it it's really genius because it just shows that how close we are to making the thing that we see a re- reality if we look into it because we are surrounded by technology we are surrounded by which is altered basically our behavior is altered our mindset is altered due to technology and yeah so that is honestly scary black mirror is like truly phenomenal and i love it and i hate it as well because <laughs> it just makes my mind go like whoosh i'm gone after watching a black mirror episode but yeah it has a serious effect on your brain makes you think yes. a lot and uh, you can actually you know extrapolate the current situation in the world based on what science fiction is being written about so mm-hmm. you can think of how people you know how people perceive the future if they think the future is going to be positive that's mm-hmm. about after the world war the second world war that people mm-hmm. thought there since nuclear arms are a thing now war was going to be obsolete and so when you look at the historical science fiction books that came out during that period 1945 mm-hmm. 1927 to about 1970s 1980s they look at the future in a very bright manner they see things yeah. like you know interstellar tra- travel they see robots that that are helping humans instead of the current uh, outlook that we have that robots will replace humans then mm-hmm. a lot of It'll these uh, a lot of these books that are there they look at uh, mass annihilation about they they mm-hmm. look at uh, weapons of mass destruction that mm-hmm. was a thing when they when nuclear arms were a problem between the us and the soviet and mm-hmm. so you can see the change in the out the world outlook by looking at how people used to write back then and when you look yeah. at it now 
on how people think climate change is going to be a very very key problem in our world mm-hmm. it is it yeah. already it already is but it's going to worsen up and people the outlook that people have it keeps changing along with it so right now you see shows like black mirror coming up which deal with science fiction in a negative manner that mm-hmm. it is a very direct correlation that you can uh, get from it right. so you see yeah. you see people being manipulated people being weighted all these things that are socially in the world right now and how yeah. it might affect the future and it's it's a very good way of knowing what you know the the writers yeah what what the the world thinks might happen in the future and if you mm-hmm. if you see that you know the writings that are coming up they're very bland or they're very negative you can understand okay. the fact that the the current leadership in the world is doing something wrong because mm-hmm. if if people don't feel that the future is bright and the future is good and we might save ourselves then i'm pretty sure there is a serious lack of uh, uh, output of results from the current leadership which we can see right now with uh, greta being the head of the climate strike that just happened recently so yes. it's a very good indicator on how you know the world perceives itself yes so science fiction is basically mirroring what they expect the world's outcome to be and uh, you were talking about the works that were written a long time ago i think two notable exceptions for me are logan's run and 1949 these two books completely changed my life so logan's run was basically about you know they were, uh, humans are genetically engineered to not live a day above i'm not, I'm not sure 20 or 25 so they get killed by a secret police and there's a man who tries to you know question the system itself so that was a direct portrayal of how fragile human life is and how you know this is basically a way of controlling the population i guess and 1949 was about you know leaders where everything was i don't know controlled you couldn't even buy a book or a pen because in in case you begin thinking uh, you know in case you oppose the system or in case you riot or in case you aren't what the government expects you to be so the these works of science fiction basically mirror what the writer or the author they go through when you know you said you put it in a very nice way about how they expect the government to act if things go wrong or something because it directly mirrors what's happening and what might happen So yeah these two books completely changed my life and I was an avid reader especially of science fiction I used to gobble it all up all that I could find so you know having it all in your head of what could happen and what the thoughts were of the people who wrote this all it just puts a lot of it makes you want to think of what it just makes yeah, you yeah. go like okay I, I can can so see the emotion, the emotion, coming in. I can see. Yeah, and okay. Movies a lot. Tell me about this. Are there any sci-fi books that you like? So the books that I like, um, mm-hmm. there actually there are actually a lot of them, but we have the all the part, time. <laughs> <Just> go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the one particular book that. it's actually a series it's a it's a mm-hmm. series of two books that that has um, let let's say 
has the most ac- most accurate description of what a life in future might be mm-hmm. is it's it's by a writer called Peter of Hamilton he's not okay. he's he's famous he's famous amongst uh, niche uh, science fiction cult, uh, communities but uh, outside people don't usually recognize him yeah. his series called the commonwealth saga right this mm. series deals with um, it has a core plot in it the i i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't want to spoil it but basically they see uh, i think astronomy people would actually love this uh, you uh, pe- you know about uh, tabby star Yes, yes. Mhm. Yeah, so you know how tabby star dims and there's yes, a very yeah. differential yeah, yeah. way of putting its uh, mm-hmm. luminosity, right? So he yeah, the yeah. writer takes this concept mm-hmm. and he puts it into a fact that uh, they observe that a star suddenly goes dark, right? And okay. so there's ex- there's a human expedition. It's it's way into the future. People have uh, interstellar travel. They have Hello? portals. Mm-hmm. Uh, can can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah. So people have all these uh, inter interstellar travel technologies. So they send an expedition to the star that goes dim suddenly, right? Mm. and they reach there and they see the star is enclosed in a whole uh, in a dyson sphere okay, and i wow. for for yeah. the, for the layman a dyson sphere is uh, usually used to capture a star's whole energy by enclosing yeah. it into a, in a sphere of uh, uh, any material so that you can you know harvest the whole energy that can produce by a star yeah hmm. yeah but this this current uh, dyson sphere is not exactly uh, for harvesting it's to lock the star up and the whole uh, portrayal of the book uh, goes from uh, you know all the changes that might ha- that happen in society mm-hmm. when they realize there's some really advanced civilization out there Civilized, and yeah. all, all the one the who fractions... can actually build this dyson sphere because it's really like hard to make one in practical <laughs> Right, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, it's, 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 it uh contest in this environment so one of them feels that this is a sign from uh some power beyond us and they want to embrace it then some feel threatened some feel explorative about it so this whole saga deals with the event and uh, by the end of it a lot happens and i wouldn't uh, want to spoil it for anybody but the whole series is is it doesn't make you feel like you were uh this the technologies that you know that are way into the future it makes you feel at mm-hmm. home it makes you feel you you are living the characters and it is very natural so there's one technology that's involved called rejuvenation in the book where a person goes through this whole procedure for like a month and he goes from being 85 to being 20 again it's okay, a age reverse sure. process this is amazing <laughs> and, this is amazing Yeah, and you wouldn't feel like it's an out of place technology. It's so common, and it it blends into the whole plot so beautifully that you know. It, in after reading the book, when I got up, I was like, 
wow, age isn't a thing. I can just get rejuvenated. It made it left an impact on me itself. So that's the one reason I really love the whole series because it makes you feel right at home. That's what I'm trying to emulate. Not emulate. That's what I'm inspired by, because mm-hmm. I want the, the reader to feel like you know they have. They they know, are living the life itself. I guess. Yeah, they they it's it's a it's a commonplace. Whatever new technologies come, it's just blended in, and they are part of that universe. That's that's yeah. the goal. That's that's the ultimate goal for me. Mm-hmm. That amazing. I think I need to check the series out. It sounds amazing, and also there's so much scientifically incorrect information that's being passed <laughs> that is basically used or inculcated in science science fiction movies, and I think nowadays they actually. hire a scientist to give them more you know more correct information in order to make the whole thing more believable and more well yeah scientifically accurate accurate okay well, i think i <laughs> they should they should hire a whole team of scientists instead of just one because they actually so they things. actually did they actually did uh, okay so interstellar you know interstellar right so yeah. they basically hired they basically had kipton the one who won a nobel prize on gravitational waves and a whole cohort of scientists which basically you know made sure that the gargantua the giant black hole that is being portrayed it's of the exact radius so that the escape velocity from it is accurate and uh, there's a planet miller's planet so the age the whole age thing of how one ages a lot one might age a lot in earth while they wouldn't age age a day on that planet so that the waves everything was engineered so perfectly you have literally algorithms that were going on to make it more believable and to make it more accurate actually christopher nolan was so adamant on that he made sure that everything you know it sounds perfect it sounds real and even the wormhole they made sure that the wormhole actually so yeah basically in um, in practice a wormhole cannot be more like bigger than the size of a pinhead but even if we have a wormhole that big they made sure that it is like you know all the physics laws apply there so interstellar is actually the most scientifically accurate movie that you might watch that's why i think i love it so much it is one of my most favorite movies basically so yeah so much yeah i mean Interstellar. Uh, when I remember watching it, I was with a friend of mine who is a an avid Nolan fan. So mm-hmm. I remember he came to the theater expecting something like Inception, and he was uh, he was a little disappointed. And I was very dumbfounded when I found out that he thought Inception was a better movie than Interstellar when <laughs> Interstellar encompassed so many different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and they they put put it so well together and was so accurate that for a guy who's who's basically nerded about uh science all his life it was <laughs> it was a diamond it was a diamond and mm-hmm. that yeah. was the that was the moment i realized that in my own writing i need to be scientifically accurate because accuracy begets a lot yes I mean, it does Yes, being scientifically does. accurate makes the other person feel wow. I mean, 
they can they can put themselves in a place where they can see the whole iteration of yeah so this technology and this concept would lead to something else would lead to something else and finally this could happen and it's very much possible it makes the other person feel good it makes the other person feel like and if you're writing yes. something good about or a positive mm-hmm. science fiction work it makes the other person feel elated and actually exactly. you know make them feel that uh, they they can have the the, the future is really bright and mm-hmm. that's that's one thing one reason why i chose not to write something in a negative light because being positive in a world where everything is just basically going to shit at this point <laughs> make make exactly. make a, a forlorn soul actually feel better about things mm-hmm. exactly and it adds a special touch to your writing people are like okay i can relate to this like without mm-hmm. being absurd you actually create a world where the person feels at home they feel that okay this might happen and they can picture themselves in that realm they can picture themselves in that reality alternate reality i don't know <laughs> i talked about possibly you know so who knows we might be traveling we might be i don't know we might be the most ah uh, scientifically okay how do i put it we might be the most advanced civilization basically in that's, an alternate universe we never know <laughs> we never know so yeah that's a one way of putting it but that's a long mm-hmm. shot considering considering we're we're literally embryos when when you consider the universe's age and how exactly. species yeah. would have had someone so much time to figure out everything that we still have to learn so this there's like an infinite possibilities that you can think about but then the realization crops up the okay with that when nothing in the grand scheme of the universe is basically nothing insignificant that our presence mm-hmm. basically means nothing but we still have stories to say like we have stories to share we have experiences and i think the limit of what the human imagination can think of there's no limit to it basically i mean it's human curiosity that you know got us to the moon it is what is you know powering our you know inquisitiveness to make sure to know basically everything of what the universe encompasses of and that can be seen clearly in science fiction i think I mean, you yeah. agree yeah <laughs> if if, if you uh, don't have curiosity then what do you live for that's my motto at exactly. least if you don't, if you're not if you're not curious then what are you doing that's something that i think everybody should implement that is a very good yeah that's a very good thought that one should live by yeah amazing amazing so <laughs> science fiction has no limits basically you can do anything you want and you can be anything you want and and yeah for the ones who want to know more about how kipson went about the whole production of interstellar how he helped in it he actually wrote a book do you know that he wrote a book rishab i read it and it's amazing it's basically mind blowing because I he explains oh my god he okay so the book's name is the science of interstellar where he actually talks about how he got about to every concept of gargantua of the escape velocity needed for the for endurance to you know basically rotate away from earth and well it talks about fifth dimension uh it talks about so many things and you're like okay so in interstellar you get intrigued but you get all the answers in the book 
and it's amazing to read it in his own so he wrote the book and it has inputs from the other scientists who helped him you know basically uh basically just you know plan it all out the whole movie out and it's amazing it took me about a day or two to finish it all up but it it just blew my mind to see that okay so the things that i saw they can actually happen and it's just not a guess it i well I, that's definitely going to be on my read it can happen now. using you know please do it's amazing you're going to love it so thank you for giving me your time and i absolutely i think this is the best episode that i recorded and basically yeah, yeah. thank you so much and we will be talking more about other things so <laughs> i cannot wait and i cannot basically wait to edit this episode because it was fun and thank you so much and please please um write more things and so that our audience can read more of it because we need writers like you we basically need more writers like you it was lovely. yeah it was lovely talking and i enjoyed <laughs> all of it such a good way of putting it through and i hope after this people who are sort of at the turning point where they're like mm, should i write should i not they should definitely write i you never know what kind of thought might yes, actually exactly. lead a few years down the line to someone actually making what you thought of so i yes. personally i personally feel i should encourage everybody who's listening to this write so basically put it on paper you guys it. just yeah putting your thoughts onto paper just you know unleashes unleashes so much of power basically you're like okay this can happen so yeah please write you guys please do and it was so fun having you rishab thank you so much thank and you so much. i hope we meet again next time for a new episode So bye yeah. you guys That was fun man <laughs>